the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. Kath is uh, taking the day off, feeling a little bit, a uh, little under the weather, she says, so um, she's uh, she's home. Although, if you see Kath out and about, maybe she's doing a little clothes shopping. She likes to, you know, do a little clothes shopping, doesn't she? So she might be out and about, but um, you see her, give her a tip of the hat, but uh, we'll soldier, soldier on without uh, Kath today. Okay, so um, the news yesterday about Chick-fil-A, right? Have you heard the news that Chick-fil-A uh, said that... Um, they're going to pull away from uh, several Christian ministries and no longer provide funding, which has created this huge storm, this backlash, um, I, I would imagine, uh, I would think, you could call it that, backlash, from people who are like, well, you know, we're going to protest. We're just really upset with Chick-fil-A. I was reading a piece uh, from Russell Moore, and uh, Russell Moore talks about uh, in the final season of Parks and Recreation that um, they envision the future which uh, was 2017. And uh, one of the characters remarks how Chick-fil-A's stock has soared after it was uh, purchased by <laughs> by Elton John. And then from that, uh, the writers, of course, could not be creative enough, creative enough because they could not have imagined a world today in which Kanye West is a Christian icon, Donald Trump's our president, and Chick-fil-A is ba- blasted online by some people who are saying that Chick-fil-A is being politically correct. Now, in our information, our disinformation age, I think it's really wise to sort of see what their true story is because often what's reported at first by sources is not really what's happened behind the curtain, so to speak, the real true story. So uh, here's the deal. We know this. That Chick-fil-A, the announcement that it will reorient their wording, reorient their funding around two or three key initiatives, that they will end longstanding charity work with the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, the ambiguity ambiguity of the company's wording, along with reporting on both sides of the so-called culture war, suggests that this has little to do with the organization's commitment to a biblical definition of marriage and sexuality. Now, look, Salvation Army's been around since the 1860s. Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been around since the 1950s. Say what you will about so-called gay marriage. I mean, pretty much, right, every organized religion in the world has spoken their two cents about gay marriage. The culture wars notwithstanding. Now, Christians, of course, because f- for some weird reason, we have held up Chick-fil-A as the arbiter of all that is good and true in these culture wars. And that just was 
riding the wrong pony. Right? How can you invest in corporate America as the arbiter of what your beliefs are in Jesus? We were wrong to do that from the get-go if you were doing that. I heard somebody say uh, yesterday that uh, the new ad campaign for Chick-fil-A should be chicken. It's not just on our menu. It's who we are. Now, it's understandable. I mean, corporations in recent years, you know how this works, has sought to, uh, to marginalize or uh, stigmatize, destigmatize their their views on marriage, held by at least a sizable majority of Americans. The Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, well, they're hardly angry culture warriors. They're far from it, as a matter of fact. So the Kathy family. Now, the Kathy family has owned that. I mean, Chick-fil-A is not a publicly traded corporation. They still own the corporation. So we're waiting for more clarity from the Kathy family. But let's suppose, let's just suppose for the sake of argument that the situation with Chick-fil-A is exactly what it appears to be. That Chick-fil-A is surrendering to the dominant culture narrative on marriage and sexuality. That they would shun groups that they believe with that branch of Christianity and almost every other world religion has taught them for millennials about Christian marriage. Well, what about that? Some Christians are talking boycotts, which is quite honestly never working. Do boycotts ever really truly work? Maybe in a rare instance. But are you really going to boycott Chick-fil-A? In the end, it's an American corporation. And in the end, truly, it's just a chicken sandwich. That's what it's about. It's a chicken sandwich. I don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for a chicken sandwich in the 21st century. So Chick-fil-A has fulfilled its obligations to the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They said they're going to focus their donations on hunger and homelessness and education. The fast food restaurant, Chick-fil-A, said this in their news release. Starting in 2020, the Chick-fil-A Foundation is introducing a more focused giving approach to provide additional clarity and impact with the causes that it supports. Staying true to its mission of nourishing the potential in every child, the Chick-fil-A Foundation will deepen its giving to a smaller number of organizations working exclusively in the areas of education, homelessness, and hunger. That's it. That's essentially what Chick-fil-A is saying. So they're going to give money to Junior Achievement, to Covenant House International, to different organizations that are involved in hunger issues. Does this make you mad? Does it upset you what Chick-fil-A has done? Do you feel betrayed in some way? I mean, I'll admit, face value, it's shocking, isn't it? You're going, whoa, right? Because Christians, we've coalesced around the corporation for so long. And especially as gay marriage has risen, and as a Christian, you believe as though to the culture, you have to genuflect to gay marriage, right? That LGBTQ rules the narrative. And that as Christians, well, the traditional notion of man and woman together, that has been pushed aside. I mean, heck, even the Pittsburgh Penguins, the NHL, they're doing, right, 
LGBTQ night down at the uh, PPG Paint, right? They're going to have rainbow-colored sticks and rainbow-colored pucks. Everything feels as though it's LGBTQ. And for some reason, you know, you look at Chick-fil-A and we're like, they get it. They're on our side, whatever our side is. But not anymore, apparently. And such is life in the 21st century. That's where we are. So, do you boycott? Does it make a difference? Or do you just love Chick-fil-A for their years of excellence and continue to go, that's my place to go for a good chicken sandwich? Or are you going to go, okay, I've had it. I'm going to go to Popeye's now. Or I'm going to go to KFC. In the end, it's just a chicken sandwich. And again, Jesus did not die on the cross because of that. Take a break. Come back. we got a big show for you today. A lot is going on. We come back. We're going to talk about what's happening in Hong Kong with the protesters. Speaking of Christians and the culture. Be right back. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Chick-fil-A! Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you are looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year, and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 today, 724-884-1496, or visit them at MarleyFG.com. That's Marley FG. 101.5 WORD. God bless everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas. God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it. Like spray-on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at ExtremeTruck.net. I'm Dr. Bob Arnott, and I treat pain with Salon Paws. Before you take anything for back or joint pain, I recommend applying topical pain relievers first, like Salon Paws Lidocaine Patch. Salon Paws Lidocaine 
contains the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription. It blocks pain receptors, providing effective, long-lasting, and non-addictive relief. Also available in roll-on or cream. Look for the silver Salon Paws box in the pain relief aisle. Salon Paws, it's good medicine. Have you been following along with what's happening in China? Specifically, what's happening in Hong Kong with protest? Joining us right now from China Aid is Bryn Lawrence. Hey, Bryn, welcome to the show. Happy that you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Bryn. Hey, so um, before we even get started to have the conversation about uh, Christians in China, what's happening with student protest in Hong Kong, take a moment, please, and talk to us about China Aid. What's, what's China Aid all about? Yeah, so China Aid is a nonprofit organization based in the U.S., and what we do is we um, help people who are persecuted in China and in Hong Kong, and we take the stories that we hear from the ground and we expose them. This is stuff that China doesn't necessarily want you to hear. And so we take those from the ground and we expose them, and then we then use our knowledge of those stories and support from our um, donors to support the people who are being persecuted. I see. So so how does this work then? I mean, considering how closed off China is, do you still have friends in China who are providing you inside information? We are able to uh, get the reports from uh, some contacts on the ground, yes. I see. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch forward then and talk to us. I, I, I don't want to presuppose any knowledge that my audience is following along with this story because some people are totally ignorant about what's happening in Hong Kong. So could you tell us that narrative, please? Yes. So earlier this year, uh, the Hong Kong government tried to introduce a bill that would allow China to take people who had been charged with a crime in Hong Kong to the mainland for trial. And, you know, the reason that's a problem is because Hong Kong actually has its own separate court system and its own separate legislature from China. And so Hong Kong has been able to kind of sort of maintain a lot more freedom than China has, whereas China has been, you know, persecuting rights activists and Christians and so on. And so Hong Kong people are now afraid um, that, you know, China is trying to erode uh, their rights and that that sort of thing going into effect would erode their rights. Now, that bill, uh, after all the protesters started taking to the streets, we're talking millions of people, that bill has since been dropped, but they're still very concerned that uh, their rights are going to be taken away. So they're demanding, like, the resignation of key leaders, the freeing of anybody who was arrested in the protest, and so on. I see. So what's happening right now specifically in Hong Kong essentially would never happen in mainland China just because of the fear of the police and the communist authorities. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. So then, then what's going to happen here? Right now, there are a group of, of protesters who have been sort of cordoned off, I would say sort of trapped like rats in a box, and the Hong, Hong Kong police have sort of you know, closed ranks. Uh, talk to us about what's happening here, because this is, this is sort of the end game of what the Hong Kong police have been invested in. They want to shut down the protest totally. Exactly. And so what's happening right now is – 
uh, some protesters have gathered on onto universities, and the one that they're gathered on right now is called Polytechnic University. And the police and the protesters are kind of at a standoff. They've trapped the police have trapped the protesters, and we're talking uh, hundreds of people in the university. They're not allowed to leave, and if they leave, they could possibly get arrested. And so they're kind of at this, um, you know very uncertain standoff. They're running out of supplies, out of food, and so forth. And that's kind of uh, been the most major escalation of the conflict to date, because, you know, all of a sudden you have, like, literal kids that are trapped and just for protesting for what they believe. So as the protesters over these several months have been arrested, they've been subject to the criminal authorities in Hong Kong, not necessarily Mm -hmm. those in Beijing. Is that correct? Correct. I see. So as then this happens and all of the protesters eventually, I'm sure, will be ferreted out, they'll just be, they'll just, I'm sorry, that's a wrong choice of words. They will be prosecuted under Hong Kong rule of law and not China, even as much as China would like to have those protesters sentenced under the rule of law with China. Yes, if everything goes according to how it should in Hong Kong's rule of law, that would be correct. I see. So then let's look at the larger picture. Talk to us about what happens right now in China. We've been reading, I've been reading about the persecution of Christians, of Muslims in China. Talk to us about what that means from the communist authorities' perspective. They want to eradicate, essentially, all people of faith. Is that fair to say? Yes, I would definitely think that's fair to say. As a matter of fact, they're uh, paranoid that faith uh, will kind of overtake their ideology. And so they're afraid that people believing anything separate from what they believe will essentially undermine their rule. Whereas, you know, that's just not the case. These are people who, you know, even religiously believe that, you know, it's according to their religion to be good citizens and to do things that, you know, would ultimately benefit the country. But uh, China is so afraid of that that they are clamping down on Christians, on Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, basically anyone that they arbitrarily deem um, is not quite in line with their beliefs. I see. So in the era of Mao, that was pretty Mm -hmm. much what things were, right? That there was no organized religion Mm -hmm. other than the communist religion. Then after Mao passed away, there was a softening of sorts in the communist regime, and Christian churches were allowed... I guess I wouldn't say flourish, but they were at least allowed to exist. I was in China in 2001. I visited uh, many house churches, and I was in a more organized church, although I guess from the outside looking in, many would say that, you know, Christianity in China, the Christian Bible is not necessarily the Bible that you and I would know. Can you speak to that? Uh, to the Bible not being the Bible that we would know, or yes. to the, the situation of the church. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I did. I did ask yeah, several yeah. questions there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So talk talk first about the Bible. Then, I mean, is is the Chinese Bible the Bible that we would know as the Bible that uh, we use and study? Um, it's very actually interesting what's happening with the Chinese Bible right now, because they're starting to uh, also crack down on the sales of the Bible. Hmm. And, you know, in the past, you have had instances in which, you know, maybe certain things were censored. I've also kind of heard some things maybe about, like, a Bible with, like, Chinese, like, commentary characteristics sort of thing, um, which yeah. would be something that the Chinese government would be overseeing in, over, in order to assert their own ideology and agenda 
into a massive faith. I see. So then it, it could be then that people in China who were believers in Jesus Christ thought that they were believers, but because of false information printed in the Bible, they were not necessarily informed fully as you and I might be. Right, correct. And, you know, there's also been instances in which uh, actual Bibles have been sold in, you know, official churches, but you're starting to see a stronger clampdown on the sale of a Bible as we would know it. I see. So then over the past year or so, I've uh, read stories, I've seen images of churches of various sizes, Mm -hmm. a a smaller church or even these massive mega churches that all of a sudden crosses have been torn down, bulldozers have come in and essentially just torn the churches down. Can you speak about that? And, you know, as that happens, what happens to the believers? Yeah, so that's actually part of the whole, of the authorities' whole campaign to make sure that everything is sort of under their ideology, even tearing things like like crosses from churches. Crosses on churches are a main way to identify a church in China. So essentially, if you're tearing down a cross from a church, you're making it like any other building. They won't necessarily be able to identify it as readily, and so on and so forth. And so what they're trying to do is basically wipe out any uh, sign of Christianity, um, you know, to try to keep it from spreading among the people. And I think that would be their main motivation in doing stuff like that. I see. So Mm -hmm. then from a China aid perspective, what can be done? What, What are you doing to ensure that Christianity continues to find space and flourish in China? You know, obviously, um, exposure is a big, big thing. The Chinese government loves to look good to the rest of the world. And so, you know, that's why we get the reports and the stories and we try to spread them. And so, you know, for people listening, if you could, like, share those stories on your social media page, um, so on and so forth. Actually, it's interesting that this interview is happening today because in a few hours, the Senate is going to vote on whether or not to pass the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. And that is an act that will essentially pave the way for the U.S. to possibly uh, take action for China's suppression of the protesters and for Hong Kong's suppression of the protesters. And so I think that really goes to show just even informing your um, representatives of this sort of stuff can actually um, affect change. Oh, that's fascinating. So so go into this a little mm-hmm. further. The, Hong's Con- the Hong Kong Suppression Act, what essentially is being, you know, uh, uh, sort of put forward there to put pressure on Chinese authorities? Right. So what's being put forward there, and it's, I think it's more a little bit focused on Hong Kong. Hong Kong would essentially go through an annual, as I understand it, human rights review in, in, uh, from the U.S. side. And then the U.S. would be able to, you know, see, like, okay, do we need to take any additional action? Would we like to impose, like, tariffs or sanctions, you know, stuff like that based on this information? I see. So mm-hmm. that's fascinating. So this is top of the news cycle in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Any idea, you know, when this moves forward today or down the line? Um, do we have friends? Do Christians, uh, especially Chinese Christians, have friends within the United States government that they could help equip and engage um, Chinese Christians? Is that, a, is that a, a reality? Yes, definitely. China Aid actually has many friends on both sides of the aisle in terms of party. Um, we're really a, um, and this is very heartening to me, this, we're, very, we're a very nonpartisan uh, organization. We have the support 
of, you know, people like Marco Rubio and just various people in the Senate and Congress that have all kind of gathered around this bill and been like, yes, this is something we want to happen. Fascinating. Okay, Bryn, as you Mm -hmm. leave us, please give us uh, information, contact information about China Aid. If our listeners right now are going, yeah, I want to be part of this. I want to pressure all my elected representatives. I want to step alongside China Aid. What do people do? Yeah, so you can visit us at uh, ChinaAid.org. And if you want specifically to email us, you can email us at info at ChinaAid.org. Fabulous. Bryn, thanks enough a lot. We really appreciate your advocacy on behalf of uh, Christians in China and Hong Kong. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Okay, look, uh, we've got an opportunity here, right, to be involved in the government, in the process, to ensure that Christians in China and in Hong Kong are able to worship freely. Let's do this. Uh, Check it out, ChinaAid, and uh, get that bill moving forward. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Haul packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, Sprinter is built for you. And it's built for your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just 33790 And for a limited time with IRS Section 179, you could be eligible for up to a $25,000 tax deduction. Gas engine, 0% financing, and a possible tax deduction? Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, bond availability, national dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2nd, 2020. Consult your tax advisor. For more information, limits may apply. Visit mbvans.com. Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
So maybe you see a quick shower this evening. Otherwise, tonight we'll have cloudy skies. It will be 34. Then tomorrow it'll stay chilly with morning clouds, followed by some breaks of sun in the afternoon. I believe 46. Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low near 30. Thursday, sunshine will fade behind increasing clouds, but it'll be milder with the high 51. Could be some showers that night into Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Frank Strait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, I've heard you speak on occasion about uh, your exercise routine, and occasionally you do go out for a run. Do you not? Is that fair to say? Occasionally. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Okay, well, listen, uh, if you want to do a little... um, a second job, maybe a little moonlighting job to earn some extra cash. Huh? Maybe you have what it takes to be a pierogi. Hey! Uh, the Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, have put out a call on um, on their website, Pittsburgh Pirate website, for new team members, a posting of a job listing, 2020 pierogies. The team mascots, of course, are famous for their end of the fifth inning race around uh, the warning track at all PNC Park games, known as the Great Pittsburgh Pierogi Race. And uh, it's unclear whether they're looking for new pierogies or the people that are inside the pierogies now have maybe retired or there's an injury or whatnot. Now, of course, the pierogies do a lot of different things besides running around uh, in the fifth inning. They make public appearances during pirate home games, also to various appearances and parades in the community, uh, private function, nonprofit events. Also, those donning the pierogi suit need to be ready to put up to the slack of part of the Bucko Brigade, the crew that handles the the in-game entertainment. So, you know, they're going to shoot T-shirts or hot dogs at you as well. Now, it is not clear whether the Pittsburgh pierogi job is for the new character or just filling in for the current lineup. Sauerkraut Saul, uh, Cheese Chester, Jalapeno Hannah, Oliver Onion, Potato Pete, Bacon Burt, Pizza Penny. That's a lot of pierogies. However... Before you deem yourself pierogi-worthy, Mike, you might want to check out these job requirements. The job posting says that besides needing to be 18 years or older, you've got that, prospective pierogies must be able to lift 40 pounds and run and sprint 215 yards in 60 seconds or less while wearing the mascot suit. I don't think that's an easy task, is it? I got that. You think so? Oh, yeah. 215 yards in 60 seconds or less. Now, also, the job is dangerous as well. They, the Pirates have posted uh, images of the pierogies lying on the ground. Apparently, you can't see inside the pierogi suit, but the, someone writhing in pain on the warning track after they've, what, pulled a hamstring or twisted an ankle. Uh, applicants also will need to be comfortable working with the public, especially small children, says the uh, the job posting. The post says that pierogies are required to work 70% of the 81 home games, that's 57 games for the minimum, and attend at least 70% of these special event appearances. And uh, there is no word on how much the pierogi uh, gig would pay. What do you think? I'm down. I'm totally down. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to write up my resume right now. That'd be kind of cool. Now, here's the problem, though. I mean, if you, you know, were chosen for a pierogi, you know, you've got duties here at least until 6 o'clock. Right. And the game starts at 7.05. I, I would imagine you have to be there kind of early. Well, I can race down there. That'll be my, you know. Your pregame warm-up. My, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. You know what would be hilarious hmm. if, 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 um, if the pierogi people had to eat pierogies right before they raced? <laughs> That would make it more interesting. No, no. Well, because their faces are covered. I mean, only if you can see their faces suffering in the pain and the agony of it, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting. Maybe that, like, what they would do is after you win the race, like, say, Sauerkraut Saul wins, then he takes off the top of his pierogi head, and then there's a plate of pierogies at the finish line, and you've got to eat like a dozen pierogies. Yeah, like in a record time or something. Under, yeah, under like. Eight seconds. That'd be kind of cool. Like that. That'd be all right. You know, I'd be very interesting. And all right. He, so, and then he, then he or she picks out a section on, on, who can win free pierogies. <laughs> okay. All right. We're just taking it to a whole other level here. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Okay. So anyway, um, check out the job listing. Maybe Mike or uh, maybe Kath. Will you, maybe Kath would. Will you come with me though? No. No. I want you. I want you to because you'll make me look better. What do you mean? What? Because I'm so slow. Yeah. Mike. Come on. Just put. No, Come on, put, I'm not going to do that. Strap on your running shoes. No, and let's I, go. I would imagine that these people that are running this thing, you've got to be in pretty good shape. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. 215 yards. That's a, that's a throw. I've seen these pierogies race, and it's it's a uh, yeah. They're all out there, right? It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine there's got to be a little rivalry between the. Uh, you know, I, I, do they get anything? I mean, like say say Sauerkraut Saul is consistent and he wins the like the championship. Does he get a crown, like a pierogi crown or something? I Free pierogies for a year, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is maybe that these guys have gotten you know so uh, doughy that they can no longer run. That's why they're going to bring in a whole new brigade of younger and lithe pierogi wannabes. Could be. Anyway. Or maybe they can sign up for the team. Could be. be a- well, considering this year, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. Come back. We're going to talk next. Hey, uh, the characters of Christmas. It's our first foray into Christmas conversation. Join us for that next. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. The ups and downs of life are not always just happenstance. Sometimes God brings those things into our life for a purpose. That he might strengthen us and make us the kind of people that he can trust and use in the days that are before us. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, When Your World Falls Apart, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting WORDFM to 91999. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL. Gel at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. 
Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christchurch at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. We've had this uh, ongoing debate about the Christmas season. Now, new Mike, he himself already has his Christmas tree up. The house is decorated. Uh, I find that to be a, a bit of a mental illness, quite no, honestly. It's the joy. The joy, it's you the say. the joy of Christmas. And it is true that they say that the earlier people decorate for Christmas, the happier they are, which I also have a hard time believing. <laughs> I do. I just, you know. What? Well, you say I'm not, I'm not joyful. No, no. I'm, you're very joyful. I'm, oh, are you saying maybe I'm you know, being a curmudgeon here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Anyway, the Christmas season tr- truly is upon us. Next week, of course, is Thanksgiving. Uh, Dan Darling is back with us. Daniel Darling, uh, he is the Vice President for Communications for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, the author of many uh, excellent works in called uh, The Original Jesus and a, a book that I really love called The Dignity Revolution. But his brand new work is The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great. Glad, glad to be with you, John. And uh, I do have to say, you're, you're being a bit of a curmudgeon. I think you should sing Christmas carols and decorate. <laughs> oh, Dan. Seriously. December. It's okay. Are, are you yourself one of those early Christmas people? <laughs> I am, unapologetically. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. You, you wrote a book about Christmas. You probably were writing this book about Christmas like in May. I was. Yeah, I was writing it uh, earlier this year, listening to Christmas music. And it was awesome. Fabulous. All right. Well, listen, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I really should have booked you next week when we were underway officially, but I'll take you when I can get you. Okay, so Dan, so let's talk about this, the characters of Christmas. Now, for the most part, I mean, you're people of a certain age, you think, listen, I know this story. I mean, I know all about the angels and Jesus and Mary and Herod and all that whole thing that, you know, so what are you going to bring to the Christmas story that I don't already know? Well, I think most of us know the basic parameters, the basic contours of the Christmas story. Uh, and, you know, we can recite it. We've, we've heard it our whole lives. There's a good thing about that familiarity. I think that familiarity is part of the rhythm that kind of shapes our hearts yeah. in many ways that we can draw on every year and in times of hardship, times of doubt. Um, but I think it's good to kind of dive in deeper uh, at Christmas. And one of the things I try to do with this book is really really look at the story of Christmas through the, through the eyes, uh, in the sandals, if you will, of uh, these ordinary people who were swept up in the story of Jesus. Uh, we, we have sort of, um, you know, lionized them over the years, the shepherds and the wise men and Joseph and Mary, they adorn our Christmas cards, and we dress up like them in our Christmas pageants, and they, they decorate our nativities. But uh, we have to remember uh, the first Christmas in the first century, these were just regular people who uh, whose lives were interrupted uh, by the entrance of Jesus into the world. 
Yeah, and I think that's a pretty like um, amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, if someone was going to make this story up, they would have made you know uh, King Central, but not just someone you know who's a shepherd or some lonely person in a manger. I mean, this has got to be the truth because no one's looking great here at the beginning of the story, uh, especially. How about this? So I grew up Catholic, and um, you know, of course, Catholics look at Mary certainly a lot different than Presbyterians or Evangelicals do. And I think that there's a little bit of a fear uh, around uh, Evangelicals to look at Mary because of what she represents to the wider culture. So can you talk about that, about Mary and Joseph and the, the craziness of that relationship where Mary comes to Joseph or somehow Joseph finds out that his his fiance, so to speak, is pregnant, you would think that Joseph would go, I'm done here. But instead, Joseph tries to make it right. And Mary is faithful and she follows through. Yeah, I think you, you, you're right when you just kind of describe the two wrong reactions to me. I mean, I think, um, you know, as a, as a Protestant, we disagree on the Catholic interpretation of Mary as being a co-redemptress with Christ. Uh, we, we believe Mary herself was a sinner who uh, also needed uh, forgiveness from Jesus. But I think if evangelicals uh, do anything, I think they kind of maybe don't um, celebrate Mary enough. She is uh, she's blessed. Uh, the angel said, generations will call her blessed. She was willing to say yes to a very hard assignment from God to to bear the shame and stigma of being an unwed mother, uh, to see her son go through enormous hardship and pain, even death on a cross. Um and Joseph uh, was exemplary in the way that he handled uh, this. You know, if you think about it, uh, Mary got a visit from the angel. Joseph got a visit from the angel, but you know, their family didn't. Uh, and so uh, my guess is that there was a lot of shame um, surrounding the fact that she was unwed. Uh, Joseph did the right thing, first by wanting to put her away instead of the public humiliation. And then when the angel came to him, he said, um, he ob- the angel said, take her as your wife. He obeyed. And he was willing to take on this shame, uh, reorient his whole life uh, because of Jesus uh, in a way that I think is exemplary for us. He was willing to take on shame for this baby who would bear his shame one day at the cross. And so I think both of them are really exemplary figures. I don't think Joseph gets in this um, uh, attention. You know, here he's father of the child that's not his own. Uh, here he, he, Jesus in his humanity, needed to be fathered and He's described later on as the carpenter's son, as Joseph goes, and clearly see that he was faithful in that. Yeah. I mean, kudos to Joseph, right? I mean, you look at fathers today. We live in, uh, in the society where fathers are largely absent. Uh, Joseph could have been the poster child for the absent father, but he uh, chose to stay faithful. Hey, uh, talk up to us about the the shepherds, because, uh, again, this is a, a big deal, right? I mean, when you think about the, the culture we live in today, uh, Internet and, you know, uh, Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, I mean, entrance, the entrance of the, the – the savior of the world coming in through a bunch of dirty, grimy shepherds who in the middle of the night was not exactly like, you know, social media lightning. Oh, exactly. In fact, if you and I were writing the story, uh, the announcement of the coming of the Son of God, the long-awaited promise, uh, after 400 years of God's silence, uh, we, would have, we would have at least done it in Rome, where the seat of power was, or we would have done it in Jerusalem, where the religious elite were. Uh, we definitely would have had a press conference and a uh, website and a social media campaign. Uh, but God chooses to announce and to send the angelic host to a, 
to a field of shepherds in Bethlehem. And I think there's a lot of significance there. I think first, to show that the kingdom of God is is, is made up of mostly ordinary people. Uh, shepherds are very earthy. Uh, they heard, they believed, and they, they uh, told the this, this story. Uh, but secondly, I think uh, there's significance that it was shepherds. Because uh, shepherding is a leadership um, metaphor throughout the scriptures. God is described as the shepherd of Israel. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, the prophets rebuke Israel for leaders who are not good shepherds. And then Jesus would later say that I am the good shepherd. And so uh, the message is that this is a different kind of king. This is a shepherd king, not like Caesar, not like Herod. This is a shepherd king who will sit on the throne of the original shepherd King David in the city of David. Hmm. Um, but lastly, I also think it's significant that the announcement of the final sacrifice for sins comes to those who attend sheep who w- very likely would be used as sacrifice in the temple. Hmm. Uh, the announcement of the one whom John said is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is announced to those who tend to lambs. And so I think there's a tremendous significance uh, that this is a different kind of king. Oh, that's fascinating. Daniel Darling is with us. His brand new work is called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Uh, Dan, the story is is fascinating, obviously. It's so many twists and turns. But the guy that... uh, who is the the monster in the middle of it all, is Herod. I mean, here's a guy with great power, uh, great prestige, but at the same time, his ego is so paper thin that he's deeply threatened by a baby. Please talk to us about Herod. Yeah, Herod um, is the original Grinch of Christmas, if you will. And I think it's noteworthy that when we think about our favorite Christmas stories, they always have a bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Potter and It's a Wonderful Life, you have Scrooge and The Christmas Carol. Even our Hallmark movies that my wife makes me watch have a <laughs> evil developer that's, you know, destroying the Christmas store or whatever. Right, right. And Herod is that guy. And But I think what he doesn't realize is that he's in a long line of antichrists who rise up against uh, the seed of the woman. This was predicted back in Genesis, that the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent would clash. Mm but that the the seed of the serpent would nip at the heels of the seed of the woman, but that one day a baby would arise who would crush the head of the serpent. And so Herod thinks that he has ultimate power. He thinks he's consolidated by destroying these young men. But Jesus escapes to Egypt. God rescues him out of Egypt. Uh, Out of Egypt I've called my son. Uh, And that baby would one day crush the head of of Satan at the cross and and in the resurrection. And so... Everyone in Jerusalem thought Herod had power. Everyone in Jerusalem feared him, wanted to either be close to him or be, get away from him. What they didn't realize is that that infant boy in Bethlehem who had escaped to Egypt as a refugee had ultimate power, uh, the Son of God and the Son of Man. Fabulous. So here's God who comes to us in the Christmas story, comes to the ordinary people, Joseph, Mary, the shepherd. And, you know, in the, when, I, when we come back into this season again, I, I think about when our kids were especially little kids up until almost when they were teenagers. We have, I, I bet you I've, I still have to this day, a big box of fa- favorite Christ, uh, Christmas books. Some of them were like, you know, a picture books, and then they moved on to more adventuresome, you know, more uh, uh, scripturally based uh, books. 
But always at Christmas time, we bring these books out and we would sit and read. I remember like being, you know, lying at bedtime with my kids in their beds and, and talking about things and, you know, really going a little deeper. And then later on at the dining room table, having discussions with my kids and my wife about the Christmas story. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, Dan, because I really love the characters of Christmas because you tell the story of Christmas through all the individual characters, like, you know, in, in this great play. And at the end of every chapter, you've given like a little study questions and questions that probe a little bit deeper for greater discussion, whether it's, you know, in bed with your kids late at night or around the dining room table that everybody can sort of follow along and dive deeper into the story. Yeah, and I wanted to do that so some families can read through and work through the Christmas story to ask themselves questions about what what it was like to be one of these characters uh, and, and ways it applies to our lives. And then I also try to include uh, Christmas hymns at the end, you know, one or two suggested songs, uh, because, you know, the, the nothing has sparked the creativity uh, of our poets and our preachers and our creatives throughout 2,000 years of church history like Christmas has. I mean, it's just a treasure trove uh, from, uh, from our composers to, you know, our, our preachers like Martin Luther, for instance, his Christmas sermons are just beautiful, and, and the hymn writers. And so I want to want to just kind of create that experience so that someone can, can really drink deeply from this well. Well, fabulous. Well, Dan, it's an, it's an excellent piece, and uh, will now be part of my, you know, family box of Christmas books and stories to follow along with and to probe a little deeper into the season. So, th- so thanks an awful lot. The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus, by Daniel Darling. You know what? I got a copy of this for you right now. Can I give it away? Let me just give it away. Okay. How about uh, caller number seven? You want your own copy of the characters of Christmas? 800-320-8255. Uh, Daniel Darling's The Character of Christmas. Everywhere you go, take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Shalom. Good afternoon to everyone from Tel Aviv in Israel. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation, and I'm here with Sydney, who is in Israel for the very first time in her life. Sydney, what would you say to those who are thinking about making a trip to Israel? Why should they come here? Personally, I would say based on the past week, you have to come here to meet the people. They are really direct but really wonderfully warm and welcoming. And of course, come here to experience the places Jesus walked with his disciples. For me, at the Sea of Galilee, I could still feel the peace and the presence that is on those waters since Jesus said to them, Peace, be still. Thanks, Sydney. So everybody, we invite you to join us on our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020. Tour Israel with us and spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. More info is at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of 
the year. And Mark Martell. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you'd need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Speaking of Christmas, which, of course, here it is at our doorstep, right? Is it, uh, it's next Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. So then we fall into what? Uh, Black Friday. What is Saturday? Then we, uh, we're doing Cyber Monday, uh, uh, Giving Tuesday. Everything sort of has a flow now from uh, Thanksgiving forward. Hey, the good news, I think, apparently, is that uh, a lot of the major retailers, considering the state of... Uh, uh, retail apocalypse. Uh, a lot of the retailers have said they're not going to open on Thanksgiving Day, which is which is excellent. Um, Mike, have you yourself have you ever gone downtown for light up night? Because um, it's coming up here real soon. One time, one time with I, your child. No, this was uh, I was actually dating my wife at the time, so it's been a while. It's been like six years since I've gone down there. Okay, and experienced it. I'm, I mean, I it's fun. It's a lot, right? I mean, it's it's. It is a lot. It requires a lot of effort. It, it, yeah, it's a lot of people, but it, it's worth it. Yeah, it's I, a great time. So the um, one of the things I really love um, when you go down and see the windows, and of course, hey, uh, uh, we were just at the H.C. Uh, Heinz History Center last week, and uh, we're going to do a special segment on Friday show. But um, the uh, Senator John Heinz History Senator uh, Senate Senate uh, sorry the Senator John Heinz History Center has a, a new holiday exhibition up, which is highly recommended. It includes, you know, some of the uh, Kaufman's display, horns, gimbals, all that, so you can kind of relive what it was like to go downtown when the department stores were king. But anyway, uh, when I'm thinking about going downtown, I always want to stop by the um, U.S. Steel Tower. And right in that plaza is this beautiful manger set, right? It's a it's a creche, which is just, I mean, it's gigantic. I, I believe it is really life-size. It actually may be bigger than life-size. Mike, have you ever seen it? It's really beautiful. No. Oh, it's fabulous. Right inside, you know, right, it's truly right in the courtyard of U.S. Steel Plaza, right in the shadow there, this gigantic, uh, this creche. You know, there's Jesus and Mary. There's the animals and the shepherds. Highly recommended. Uh, more often than not, there's live music. There's choirs. It's super cool. Yes. You know what? I actually did see that. I actually, I was walking around one night and I stumbled upon it. And I'm like, what is this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is amazing. It's yeah. it's fabulous. It really is. It really, really is. So it stays up until uh, early January. Yeah. And, th- and there's a donation box there. You can, 
I totally donate because it's 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 beautiful. It's, it's sure gorgeous. Is. Okay, donate so light up night, right? As it uh, is light up night this Friday, I believe. Yes. I Holy believe smokes! So. Okay, all right. Um, might make a little uh, effort to get down there and be part of the festivities. Anyway, we're going to take a break during our five o'clock hour. We're going to go to the phones and we're going to talk about Chick Fil A. Are you okay with Chick-fil-A or are you mad at them and you want to boycott? Stay with us for that. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Testimony about the July phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky was presented on Capitol Hill today. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, an Army officer at the National Security Council, says he was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate, and I reported my concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. It is improper for the President of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. But Republican House Intelligence Committee member Chris Stewart says Lieutenant Colonel Vindman's interpretation that President Trump's call was a demand for an investigation is ridiculous. I had to tell you, I think it's nonsense. Uh, Look, I was in the military. I could distinguish between a favor and an order and a demand, and so could my subordinates. And I think President Zelensky did as well. He never initiated an investigation. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 102 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. So maybe you see a quick shower this evening. Otherwise, tonight we'll have cloudy skies, but we'll be 34. Then tomorrow it'll stay chilly with morning clouds, followed by some breaks of sun in the afternoon. Probably 46. Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low near 30. Thursday, sunshine will fade behind increasing clouds, but it'll be milder with the high 51. Could be some showers that night into Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has the day off. She's taking a little uh, time to step away and uh, just sit back a little bit. You understand that, right? I mean, it's such a weird day, wasn't it? I mean, okay, so the sun is set, but we never really saw the sun. It was just so deep and gray, but um, I kind of liked it. It was sort of like the total opposite of summertime. This super hard gray. I wonder if other places in the country experience the skies like we do. I've never seen anything like it, but only here in western Pennsylvania. I'm sure other places have, but there's just something that's so lonely, so stark, um, so dour. And I guess if you know you tended to be a, a depressive person, this would be the day that it would surround you like a like a shawl that you would be um, happy to have it. <laughs> I got to admit, I liked it. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Hey, uh, this day, this is a very uh, particular day, a very special day in United States history. I've been looking at my daily readings. This day, November 19th, 1863, was one of the greatest speeches in all of United States history. Because four and a half months after the Battle at Gettysburg, which uh, happened July 1st through the 3rd, when more than 15,000 soldiers were killed on those battlefields from both sides of the conflict. More than 15,000 men and boys were killed in the battle. Abraham Lincoln and uh, certain dignitaries uh, came to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, not, of course, far from here in Pittsburgh, where they were going to dedicate a Gettysburg cemetery. Now, what's interesting to me about this day is that um, of course, the, the Gettysburg Address, when I was a kid, uh, we had to learn it in school. It's not that long. It's uh, like 271 words, a couple of minutes long, two minutes long or so. We learned this in elementary school. But it was not the um, the speech of the day. There was a man whose name was Edward Everett, and he was the main speaker. 
And, of course, you know, the president of the United States at any event is a very special event. So they did carve a, a certain section amount of time for Abraham Lincoln. And despite all the different things that you may have heard, that uh, this was a spur-of-the-moment thing, or Abraham Lincoln uh, wrote this speech on the way to Gettysburg, uh, none of that was true. Uh, The original manuscript uh, was initially written on White House stationery, and then uh, there was an addendum that was on lined paper. So it was a speech that was in progress, I'm sure, for a week or weeks or certainly days ahead of time. There was nothing that was impromptu because the speech itself, like all great works of, of literature or oratory, is so clean and so spare, so direct and so to the point that um, it is just really just a, a beautiful, fabulous piece. You know, um, Lincoln... Uh, what what he's doing in this in this uh, and we're going to play the entirety from a recording of course not from Abraham <laughs> not not from Abraham Lincoln despite what you may have heard on the internet but from an actor who's going to deliver this what's happening is that at the dedication of the cemetery Lincoln wants to make a a play that he is shifting the tone to unify the nation and also to ascribe equality for all men and women, white and black at the time. I mean, Lincoln, clean and strong and sure, made a play to unify here, to unify men of race and men in society across this new and bruised country of ours. I mean, it's fascinating to think that, you know, only 87 years before the Gettysburg Address, was 1776 and the forming of the new country. So all of this is is deeply fresh in play. Mike, uh, let's take a moment here. And uh, here is, I, I'm sorry, but I do not know the actor's name here. Uh, this is just the Gettysburg Address in its known entirety. Here it is. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here. But it can never forget what they did here. 
It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. On this date, November 9th, 1863, Abraham Lincoln at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, delivered those beautiful, iconic, stirring words to a broken and battered nation. November 19th, 1863, 1863 the actor's name, uh, Tom Amandez, you just heard speaking so beautifully. Isn't it gorgeous? Doesn't it stir you? And at the time, what was interesting, now, <laughs> depending upon what newspaper you read that day, and of course, during those times, like today, media outlets, newspapers, the only source, they were either Democrat or Republican. And depending upon what news source you read, they either praised or belittled the Gettysburg Address. For the most part, the people who were there didn't know what to make of it. It was so short because they were waiting, as I said earlier, for the main speaker of the day by the name of man of, of the name of Edward Everett, who then went on after President Lincoln was done to speak for more than two hours. And of course, for a lot of people, that was the oratory of the day was the main source of entertainment. There was really for the common person. No orchestra, of course, no television, no radio, no internet. Very few plays to see, despite what happened to Abraham Lincoln just a short while later at his assassination at Booth Theater in Washington, D.C. But for the common man, to hear an orator, for someone to get up on a box and speak with eloquence and power, that was the entertainment of the day. So the crowd was waiting for Edward Everett to speak for two-plus hours. And Abraham Lincoln, even though he was the president of the United States, minimized in some ways a short, a scant two minutes to speak from the heart to the heart about the power of what the dream of what America was and can be. Even then in 1863 and now in 2019. Maybe tonight you take the opportunity to read that speech around the dinner table to your children and to inform them of where we are as a union, still strong, still solid, despite what we hear today and read in the newspaper, hear on the radio, and across the Internet about our fallenness, our brokenness, our foibles, our own ugliness. It's still a speech worthy to be heard. 
Let's take a break. Come back. We're going to talk in a few minutes. And uh, your phone calls are welcome as well. The news yesterday about uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Did they cave into pressure from the LGBTQ community? Did they? Or is there another story behind that? And you, as a consumer of a chicken sandwich, is it something to be worried about, something to be angry about, something that you want to protest or boycott? Stay with us. It's the Ride Home with Johnny Kathy here on Word FM. Be back in a few minutes. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you are looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 today, 724-884-1496, or visit them at MarleyFG.com. That's MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. Coming up next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Harlow Doyle is on the prowl again when Connie discovers that no one wants to come to her Bible study. Harlow wants to find out why. It's a wacky case of misunderstanding that only wit can solve, hopefully before somebody's feelings get hurt. Learn about the need for faithfulness on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use... Use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time. And Mark Martell. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800 965 9324. Welcomed by Word FM. It's a chicken sandwich. That's all it is. Is it just a chicken sandwich? Or is it more? Is it a cause to be concerned about? 
you know, I'm talking about Chick-fil-A. The Chick-fil-A Foundation announced yesterday that they will no longer support the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army, two organizations which affirm a biblical definition of marriage. The Chick-fil-A Foundation said it would now focus on giving in the areas of education, homelessness, and hunger, but... Many people have noted that the Salvation Army focuses on just those issues. They believe that the real reason for the withdrawal of funding is the position of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army is because of traditional marriage. Both organizations affirm a biblical definition of marriage. Uh, Rod Dreyer, who's been a a frequent guest on our show, uh, he was uh, particularly upset. He says, I find Chick-fil-A's decision sad on at least two levels. First, their growth has clearly shown that you don't have to cave to the pressure in order to survive and grow as a company. Even more sad, however, is that without ever mentioning their names, the Chick-fil-A Foundation reinforces the slander that the organization that they are no longer giving to are, in fact, anti-LGBTQ. It will reinforce that all the good these organizations do is immediately made invalid if they are Christian groups with historic and biblical Christian convictions. By refusing to offer any clarity on the reasoning behind their decision, Chick-fil-A allowed the headlines to be rewritten in a way way that furthers the goal of the LGBT bullies. That's Rod Dreher yesterday talking about this. Is this something that's important to you? Is this something that you know? Where you go? I'm out, I'm really upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna boycott Chick Fil A, or, I mean, is just is it just co- the way that corporations work? I mean, I know that a lot of Christians were like, you know, and yeah, you know, you love Chick Fil A because the Kathy family, they are people of strong Christian faith. Now, Dan Kathy, the founder of Chick Fil A, passed away. I think it was a lot five years ago. So w- whatever goes on in the boardrooms, we don't know. Chick Fil A is a is not a publicly held company, so they are not accountable to their shareholders. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Give me a call, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Would you boycott Chick-fil-A? Is this even something that's, you know, a, a question for you? Or do you go, you know what, I like Chick-fil-A, I appreciate all the work that they've done uh, on behalf of Christians everywhere and uh, the advocacy of all that, and I'm going to continue to go to Chick-fil-A. Because personally, I think boycotts are just ridiculous. I don't, you know, just really, I'm going to, I'm mad at, you know, Corporation X, so I'm not going to go there anymore. Is this a big deal to to people? Because I got to be honest, it's not really a big deal to me. Was I surprised? Definitely. Uh, Am I dismayed? Yeah, I am. Um, Is this a hill to die on and go, hey, what the heck, Chick-fil-A, I'm not going to go in there again? Give me your thoughts about this, because I'd, I'd like, for, like for all of us, you know, to have some clarity on this issue. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones. Uh, yeah, people are lighting up already. Uh, hey, Joe, you're live on the air. What are your thoughts on Chick-fil-A? Hi. Uh, I heard your, your talk earlier about it, and it to me, it's more than just a, a sandwich. So whenever they were boycotted before, our whole family went, and it was, it was a, a movement almost. I mean, the the place was packed with people who wanted to support them for, for what they stood for. And hearing what they said yesterday, it, it kind of seems like they're backtracking on their principles. And before, I could respect them. And now I can't respect them as, as a company. They're, they're no different than McDonald's. They're just there for the dollar. And they sold their, their, their principles for a dollar. So will you stop going? 
no, but there won't be any wait now to choose between them or any other fast food place. There's there's no reason. Right. Okay. So, but Joe, I mean, I get your point, and it's well said. But you know, does it make a difference? I mean, you know, to think that we point the finger Chick Fil A and go, well, that's a good Christian company. I mean. Does that have any weight in the marketplace anymore that we're going to represent corporate America as a good Christian company? Well, Jesus said there's none that are good, not one. So as far as that goes, um, you can just hope for the best uh, as far as a company goes, because all companies are there for, well, to make money. I mean, that's why they're in business is to make money. Bottom line. But this company had the premise of, also having some some morals and principles behind them, and they just flushed it down the toilet yesterday. Appreciate the phone call, Joe. Thanks an awful lot. 800-320-8255. What do you think? I mean, do you got you a, a, a dog in the fight here. Does this matter to you about Chick-fil-A's stance yesterday and apparently dissing the Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Pat, uh, you're with us live on the air. What are your thoughts, please? Hi, John. Um, listen, I'll start out um, simply because it means something. Uh, first of all, the crush that we have here in Pittsburgh, yeah. there's only two in the world, and Rome has one, and we have the other. Fabulous. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I, okay. Second of all, my birthday was last week, and why I'm bringing it up is because uh, I was 81 on uh, November 13th. Happy birthday. And I also accepted uh, Jesus Christ as my Savior on the same day. What? Good for you. And, uh, and that was 17 years ago, so I'm choosing 1781. Now, because I'm bringing that up is the fact that uh, when I became a Christian, I decided that I was going to go 100% into what I could find. Yeah, excellent. All right, here's my thought on Chick-fil-A. The fact that, uh, and Satan is all over this. He's got his foot in that door, and and people have to understand that Satan is just there all the time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when you started out with saying it's just the chicken sandwich, I go to Chick-fil-A, I like it because it's a good chicken sandwich, and they just happen to be Christian. Now, there's many other Christians out there, and I'm finding that out. That in my journey, of when somebody said, I'm a Christian, uh, there's many definitions of that. Surely. So the fact that, uh, and just recently you said that Chick-fil-A won uh, for the cleanest restaurant in, uh, uh, in the United States or, or somewhere, that they won the cleanest restaurant. They're, they're, they're a good sandwich. They're, they're kind, courteous, uh, uh, all those things. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Jesus is uh, – when you become a Christian, that is a personal relationship. Yeah, so, but it, so the bottom line is, though, Pat, will you continue to go to Chick-fil-A or not? I will continue to go because I'm going for a chicken sandwich, not because they are Christian uh, restaurant. I go into other restaurants that aren't Christian because I enjoy going there for the food. I'm yeah. not going to judge them, and whatever they decide to do, that's their business. Very nice. I appreciate the phone call. Well thought out. Uh, 800-320-8255. Sandy, you're live on the air. What are your thoughts about Chick-fil-A, please? Hi there, John. How are you today? Good. Real good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I'm a little dismayed, a little disappointed in them. However, I've always loved that they have a wonderful service. They have a really good product. I mean, the, the restaurant is clean. Often I've heard K-Love instead of some awful racket. But I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to stop going, 
we support that they are closed on Sundays, which is a wonderful thing for employees in the food service industry. Yep. Um, so it's, we're probably not going to really change why I go, but I'm, I'm kind of disappointed on a gut level, like you kind of caved in. Right. There's a little know? luster off it. Yeah. It I, kind of broke my heart. Yeah, it kind of broke my heart, too. I, I get it. I, I do appreciate it. But I think, you know, in the end, my, my point is, you know, you can't rely on uh, corporate America to, you know, embolden your faith or inform your faith. In the end, really, it's just a chicken sandwich. 800-320-8255. Brenda, you're with us. Hey, Brenda, uh, what are your thoughts, please? Uh, my thoughts are I'll still go to Chick-fil-A. They have great service, great food. Um, my only disappointment was that they didn't elaborate why they are no longer giving to the other two places. Yeah. I certainly do not think that their um, religious beliefs have changed. I think they needed to say, we still believe this, that, and the other, but we're just going to give to these other two organizations now. Right. right. I mean, it's a foundation, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a foundation. Exactly. So their foundations are allowed to change their way, you know, their, their giving exactly. direction and whatnot. So exactly. But I feel like they threw the other two places under the bus, so to speak, by not um, elaborating on why they changed. Right. I mean, it is corporate America, and I'm, I'm, I would imagine there is going to be some backlash from Chick-fil-A, or t- towards Chick-fil-A, and they would clarify that decision to sort of ease people's um, uh, ideas of what's good uh, corporate sponsorship or just good corporate fellowship. Hey, thanks for coming along. Uh, 800-320-8255. Can I squeeze one or two more in? Okay. Uh, let me go to Dave. Hey, Dave, uh, your thoughts on Chick-fil-A. Are you going to boycott or not? I'm not going to go anymore, and uh, I understand in this journey, in this exile, Paul said, you know, we hold these truths in earthen vessels. We're not perfect. But at the same time, I think we're morally culpable for certain decisions we make and things we do, and if our dollars are going towards something we don't believe in, uh, that's something that we are accountable for. I can think of other organizations that fund abortion, for example, and I've stopped as soon as I've become aware of uh, funding practices. I've stopped going. I stop contributing, and uh, it's tough sometimes because there's certain times there's just no other alternative. But yeah, I think it's it's necessary at some point. I mean, Dave, it's got to narrow your choices down considerably, right? I mean, you know, because when you look at you know corporate America, uh, the scorecard leans decidedly towards a liberal bent. So you, you really have to have that scorecard in your car. Admittedly, it does. There's an app actually called Second Vote that I've consulted more than once, and it actually shows funding on the issues and and what the organization has leaned to three is a neutral uh one is poor five is good towards the conservative values and uh you can you can link to things with it and see if it's substantiated or if it's something the app is is making up so it's a pretty objective what's it called second act uh, second vote second Second vote vote. very nice hey thanks dave appreciate that okay uh we'll squeeze in one more hey d uh, you're with us today what are your thoughts are you going to boycott or not no, I'm not going to boycott them, but I kind of agree with uh, Sandy. It hurts my heart when, and I didn't have my eyes on Chick-fil-A because actually I don't get to go there that often, but I do like it when I go. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Is that they they definitely publicly took Christian stand, mm-hmm. and it's just, I feel like just like so many other churches and we're trying to, make Christianity to be more palatable to the people by bowing to the culture. It really hurts my heart. Yeah, I get it. I really do. Thanks, D. Yeah, I mean, I think, right? 
if you've been following along, everybody sort of held Chick-fil-A up. Hey, you know, they're one of us. They're with us. And they're closed on Sunday. And, they're you know, they're doing good things. And, you know, and so now that's the way of the world, isn't it? That's uh, the heartbreak and the, uh, the sadness. Uh, we trust in Jesus Christ. We don't trust in corporate America. No Ronald McDonald or the Chick-fil-A. We trust in Jesus Christ alone. We'll take a break. Come back. We got more ahead. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Cast off today, but I'm happy to be uh, here with you. So uh, stay with us, won't you, please? We're going to talk uh, with Tony Turner a little bit about us as believers and our responsibilities. Shalom. Good afternoon to everyone from Tel Aviv in Israel. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation, and I'm here with Sydney, who is in Israel for the very first time in her life. Sydney, what would you say to those who are thinking about making a trip to Israel? Why should they come here? Personally, I would say based on the past week, you have to come here to meet the people. They are really direct but really wonderfully warm and welcoming. And, of course, come here to experience the places Jesus walked with his disciples. For me, at the Sea of Galilee, I could still feel the peace and the presence that is on those waters since Jesus said to them, Peace, be still. Thanks, Sydney. So, everybody, we invite you to join us on our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020. Tour Israel with us and spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. More info is at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Here's Nachawadi with Principal Office in Dallas, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. This is an urgent message for anyone exposed to the herbicide Roundup and diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The World Health Organization has designated Roundup weed killer as a probable human carcinogen. If you've come in contact with Roundup and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you may be entitled to compensation. A free consultation is now available to discuss your options and help you understand your legal rights and actions. Call 800 546 1616. Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the United States, and a California jury recently awarded $289 million to a landscaper who claimed Roundup gave him cancer. But time is limited to file a claim. If you worked with Roundup Weed Killer and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, call the Roundup Legal Helpline now. You could be entitled to significant compensation. Call 800-546-1616. That's 800-546-1616. 800-546-1616. The day after Thanksgiving feeds your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. So maybe you see a quick shower this evening. Otherwise, tonight we'll have cloudy skies. What will be 34. Then tomorrow it'll stay chilly with morning clouds, followed by some breaks of sun in the afternoon. I believe 46. 
Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low near 30. Thursday, sunshine will fade behind increasing clouds, but it'll be milder with the high 51. Could be some showers that night into Friday. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Frank Strait. So here it is. It's uh, 535 uh, rush hour at its peak, right? Motorists in the Pittsburgh Metropolitan Statistical Area. There's a mouthful. Motorists in the Pittsburgh Metropolitan Statistical Area spend two days of their lives sitting in traffic in 2017, according to new data from the Texas Transportation Institute. Two days sitting in traffic? Overall, annual delays per traveler on local roads rose from 39 hours in 2014 to 46 hours in 2017, an increase of about 18%. Still, I know this is true because I've lived in other cities. Delays in Pittsburgh fall well below the national average of 54 hours spent in traffic annually. The number put Pittsburgh in line with national trends, which shows congestion increasing across the country. Now, uh, while traffic uh, stress is, you know, depending upon your area, you think traffic's horrific, right? There are other places that are much, much worse. Pittsburgh's rate of traffic, uh, quagmire, uh, ties St. Louis, Milwaukee, Cleveland for the least congested. Now, the benchmark is Boston. Okay, so what Pittsburgh is what? 46 hours in 2017. Check this out. Boston tops the list with the worst traffic, 80 hours per traveler. That's a 25% increase since 2014 in Boston. Even that after the great dig. So really, I mean, when I leave, when I leave here, when Mike leaves here, we leave here, you know, a little after six o'clock or so. Traffic pretty much is over. Even coming in in the morning, not so bad, unless you're dealing with the tunnels. And of course, we all, if you're headed into Pittsburgh, whatever that thing is that we all do with the tunnels, please. Can we figure that out? I, mean, I wish we could figure that out. It's the weirdest thing. Everybody slows down, of course. Then they're going 35 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. And then as soon as the tunnels end, people jump back up to 55, 60, 65 miles an hour. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. I think Pittsburgh needs to see a therapist because we just can't figure that out. Okay. Are we taking a break? Oh, yeah, we are. I guess we are. Uh, Tony Turner's with us in a little bit. We want and need the power of God in our church and communities. We're going to talk about that next with Tony Turner. Also, Amen to Action on Black Friday. That's coming up again. Tony's always part of that, the third annual. We'll talk about it in uh, just a few minutes. So stick around, okay? WORD. You know, as a mom or a dad, it can be really hard to keep up with all the movies and music and the social media in your child's life. On the next Focus on the Family, teen expert Jonathan McKee shares tips and techniques for how you can coach your child on their media decisions. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Now that the pumpkins are almost gone, do you know what time it is? It's time to talk turkey. At the Springhouse in 84, we really do like to enjoy one holiday at a time. But our customers are calling now to talk about Thanksgiving turkeys. For 20 years, we've been selling fresh turkeys raised by a friend who is a big turkey farmer who really knows how to raise turkeys. I grew up on a farm where we raised, dressed, and sold turkeys, and I do feel we know what a good turkey should look like. First of all, it should be fresh. That's when it's at its very best quality, not frozen. It should be meaty and broad-breasted, 
and it should be cleaned to perfection. We're really fussy about selling only the best at the Springhouse, and we do believe our turkeys are the best. Call 228-3339 now to order yours, and don't forget to order buns, casseroles, and most of all, pumpkin pies. Let us help you make your Thanksgiving really delicious. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Tony Turner's with us. Tony, she's a pastor. She's a counselor. She also spearheads Amen to Action happening uh, for the third time this Black Friday. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Oh, well, John. How are you? Real good. Hey, uh, before we even get into um, Amen to Action and all that, Talk to us for a second about uh, what your work now is mainly focused on, which is the Gracism Task Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Uh, I know a lot of people think that I'm just talking about racism, but I'm really not. I'm speaking about anything that divides us as the body of Christ. Um, you know, God has made it real clear from from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that he is, um, he's interested in family. And uh, uh, he shows us in several places where he he has a blessing that he commands on the body of Christ and, uh, you know, on those that are gathered in his name and uh, actually gathered in one accord. And uh, it just seems like any way that he can keep us divided, whether it's through denominations or whether it's through our skin color or, you know, what our ethnic origin is or the way in which we worship, you know, all those things just serve to divide us. And um, I just really felt some years ago that, you know, the Lord had showed me that that I'm about reconciliation um, between God and man and man and man and man and himself. And so I became a counselor. Yeah. Now, Tony, what you're talking about, you know, everyone at home and listening on the radio, they nod their head because they know the truth of that, right? They, people know, yeah, we, we are separate. You know, black and white, we are still, you know, segregated on Sunday mornings. 
Uh, it's not really changed so much, uh, even though we all know that. But, you know, speak from your own experience. Now, th- there's you as a black woman, and I'm sure you've been, you know, on Sunday morning visiting churches where you may have been the only black face in the congregation. That had to be weird for you. When I first um, got saved, I was determined that I wanted to go to a church where the uh, where they taught the Bible and where I could grow spiritually. And I was in another city at that time, and I called uh, a um, television program, 700 Club to be exact, and asked them for a referral to uh, the Assemblies of God just because I'd never heard of that uh, denomination before, but Pat Robertson uh, referred to it every now and then. And there t- it turned out to be one a block and away from block and a half away from where I was living at the time. And I walked in there, and basically everybody in the church was white until I walked in with my daughter. And um, I have—it's not really weird for me because I've been, you know, in multicultural settings. I've been in all-black settings. I've been in situations where I've been the only black person. It just doesn't bother me. I see, I see people as people, and I appreciate uh, all the different ethnicities. I appreciate, you know, I look at the person uh, as opposed to, you know, what their skin color is. And I think it's just real important that we begin to see each other that way. I mean, God, we are created in God's image. I don't care what color we are, where we come from, whether we even believe in him or not. What my Bible says is that we are created in his image. In his image. So, and of course, I mean, I, I I get that, and I know that people get that. But at the same time, you know, Sunday morning, like we've we've said many times in the past, it is the most segregated hour of the week. I mean, we just, and I don't think it's even a, quite quite honestly, uh, Tony, it's a matter of racism. I just think it's a matter of what's comfortable for us, right? I mean, you're comfortable exactly. hanging out with your tribe, exactly. and that's how it is. Well, see, and that's the thing. Um, I, once I got born again, you know, the whole definition of my tribe really changes. There may be uh, people who uh, I don't. I don't really know. Truthfully, uh, I know that that my people come from Africa. I know that there's some other ethnicities in there. You know, even some European stuff going on. But I don't know what my tribe is. And most black people in this country don't know what their their, their tribe is unless they actually come from Africa. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I think that it's just so important. I'm, I'm intentional about making sure that I can glean something from all that God has created, whether it is the trees outside or whether it is the lady sitting across the room from me that just looks different. You know, she's got something to add to my life, and hopefully I have something to add to hers. But if we always stay around the same people— Eating the same food, you know, doing the same stuff. We don't grow that way, right, you know. Right, so right. I feel it's int- we have to be intentional. I went to a Korean church uh, this past Sunday, and um, I loved it. I mean, the people were so warm, and I, I had been invited, you know, to be honest. Uh, I'd, I met a woman in a, a hair supply store, and she invited me. And I always wanted to go and visit there anyway. And... Um, so, you know, it was just, it was a great experience. Fabulous. Yeah. But, you know, Tony, you got to know that, you, you know, you're the unusual person, right? You're the rare person who would venture out. Um, but 
I, I look at the apostles. I look at Paul. You know, look at what he did. He went to Ephesus. He went to, you know, Corinth. He went to, you know, how many different cities did he go visiting different churches? We have to be intentional about wanting to fellowship and making relationships with people. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to change your denomination. But, you know, I mean, how, how do you, you have to be willing to step out? I, I might be different, but hopefully I'm an example to somebody who's just interested in, in seeing, you know, something different, seeing more of the body of Christ. When we get to heaven, come on, doesn't it say every tribe, every nation, every tongue? Yeah. Well, I want to be I want to be familiar. That's fair. You know. Tony Turner's with us. Uh, you look for on Facebook. I'm sorry, uh, the Gracism Task Force. But Tony, it, it, it is a closed uh, it is a closed group, isn't it? What's the closed group? The Gracism Task Force. Uh, yeah, you have to friend me first. Okay, if good. If you friend me, I'll invite you. It's not a big deal. So talk but, to us about um, that. Tony Turner, yeah. if you want to friend Tony Turner on Facebook. So so talk about that. At the Gracism Task Force, just like this conversation is intentional about race in America, so so much so is that conversation there as well. Well, and it has to be because... Basically, in conflicts, um, Jesus said there would be persecution, there would be conflicts, there would be people that would, you know, I mean, offenses would come and different things like that. But he also gave us a prescription for how we're to handle those conflicts. So it's not only just that somebody would do something to me to offend me, but it's also how I respond in return uh, to, for what they've done. And if you look at Matthew, uh, Matthew 18, there's a clear uh, clear prescription. It says that if someone offends you, you go to that one. And when you go to that one, you're having a conversation. And if that doesn't work, then you, you, you gather two or three more so that, there, you know, every word can be established. And then if that doesn't work, you know, and you keep going until finally uh, it says you treat them as a heathen. But that, that case, case, you can go, you know, before a court you know, even, and, and try to, to um, uh, talk through whatever it is. But it's conversation. We have to talk about, wait, what is it that is keeping us divided? And, and how can we get rid of that? Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the million-dollar question, right? How do you get rid of that? I mean, I remember the night that uh, President Obama was elected the first time. You know, the commentators on TV were saying, "We're now living in a post-racial America." I mean, nothing's further from the truth. If anything, you know, the, the eight years that President Obama was in office, we we, we dove deeper into our own differences. We we didn't choose uh-huh. not to come together. Uh-huh. That's the truth, and that's the point. You see, because I, I believe as long as people are breathing on this earth that there's going to be some form of division, some racism. There's go- it's going to be that way. But it shouldn't be named in the church because uh, when I look, when I read the New Testament, the only place that I don't see anything talking about the church being one or is, is in the book of Acts because that was, that was chronicled stuff. Okay. But also in, in uh, uh, all the way through, you know, you don't really see where the apostles are saying we should strive for oneness. That was the last prayer that Jesus prayed, that they may be one. And I feel that that's what we need to be about so that mm. we can have the unity that God is going to bless and that we can then be salt and we can be light in the earth. We can't speak to racism in society if we're doing it ourselves. Yeah. 
Tony Turner. Sorry, Tony Turner, pastor, counselor, founder of the Gracism Task Force. It's on Facebook. Hey, Tony, uh, so let's talk about this in, in practical terms because uh, I've been to a- Amen to Action the last couple of years. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm so greatly encouraged because, uh, you know, I go down there and there's you. And, you know, uh, a, a mixing of the races for sure at Amen to Action. But, you know, it's predominantly white people. But there's you up there uh, on stage and you're singing these beautiful gospel songs. I mean, it's a powerful thing that you're doing up there. Well, I, you know, this year I'm not sure that I'm singing. I'm going to be reading the scripture and, you know, just to, uh, encouraging people. But um, the thing about it is, is that I, I, again, I feel like I should be an example. How can I encourage, you know, my my other brothers and sisters of color to be there if I'm not going to be there? And um, so that's you know that's some of what I'm I'm doing is is sharing with. Uh, you know, different. A lot of the black churches haven't known about it, for one thing, and um, we just need to just continue to spread that word. But it can't be just me. You know, I know you know some black folks. You can you can invite to aim into action. For sure. You know how powerful the atmosphere is there. You know, but we have to be intentional about making friends for Jesus. But making friends for Jesus, and uh, even you know, when I walk away from a church, I want to be able to know somebody. I want to go back sometime, and I want to be able to, you know, uh, establish some kind of relationship. Some of the uh, workshops that we've had, um, there have been relationships that have been established, and people are continuing, you know, to fellowship by phone or have lunch or, you know, uh, you know, as I said, visit each other's churches. It, there's things that we need to do to just break down all of the walls. Um, one of my classic uh, classic situations, uh, John, that, that I w- want to make sure that I mention, um, when my daughter was uh, a little bit older than a toddler, she had a little friend in the neighborhood. We were the first black family on the street at the time. Yes. And I want I wanted to get to know that child's mother, and that, you know, uh, she was open to it as well. Well, she had a couple of questions that she wanted to ask me because she was curious. Yeah, she wanted sure. to know what it was like being black. And so, you know, I, I said to her, well, it's, it's pretty much um, the same <laughs> as it is being white. I, I don't wake up in the morning saying, oh, I'm black. I, but I, <laughs> I get dressed the same way. I have breakfast, probably eat some of the same kinds of foods and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And later on, she got a little braver, and she asked me this question, which I was already familiar with it. But she asked, she said, is it true that black people have tails? What? Uh, yeah, she wanted to know if it's true. Well, civilization goes all the way back to Plato's time, yeah, where yeah, yeah. you know they tried to say that you know man has has a tail, but that was something that was a myth that went through, or a stereotype, if you will, that went through the uh, the white supremacist uh, the movement. Uh, community. Oh, that's interesting. Really interesting. Okay, so kudos to her for having the courage to ask the questions, as ridiculous as they were. And and I think in some ways that's what we need, right, Tony? We need a little bit of courage. Tony, i got to let you go. But listen, you're practicing what you preach, and for that, I, I love you so much because you are legit in that, that you're trying to build a bridge between black and white across the city here in the city of Pittsburgh. We hope known for its prayer as it was once for steel. So there you'll be at the third yeah. annual Amen to Action. Tony, my friend, thanks as always. I greatly respect you. All right. God bless. 
you as well. Amen to Action, third annual one. Look for it online, amentoaction.org. Take a break, come back. We just got a little tiny smidge left, but we need you for that smidge. So please stay with us. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.18%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.375% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states and MLS. Number 3030. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it, like spray on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents, evictions happen to families with babies, and empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting WordFM to 91999. This Friday is the uh, premiere of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We talked about this. You know, I'm sure you've seen the previews for the new Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. You know, one of the really fascinating things is that it feels as though, and I've not seen the film yet, but there is a depiction in the movie, which has been talked about in print, which I've read about, that Mr. Rogers is sitting uh, in his room <laughs> and he's praying for people by name which is what Mr. Rogers used to do. I mean, it's not an unusual practice. My guess is if you're you know, in your series, in your faith, you're doing the same thing. But for Hollywood to allow that depiction, especially you know, the, the way that Hollywood is now, and to show a strong man of faith, and, and not to you know, make Fred into a saint, because I know that Fred's widow, Joanne Rogers, does, does not want St. Fred Rogers around us, because Fred was a man, good and bad, right? Certainly much more good. 
But to see Fred Rogers praying for people and to know that he was here as part of us in the city of Pittsburgh, I just love it so much. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.